But before we get into our one small step this week, I have a couple of questions I want to ask you before we read our scripture. Okay, so are you ready? Okay. Now, I got to ask you, as Christian, as a Christian, do you trust the words of Jesus? This isn't rhetorical, so we can answer. Okay, do you trust the words of Jesus? Okay, all right. Um, as a Christian, should we follow Jesus' teaching? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. If you're not a Christian, don't worry. That's okay. This is, you know, we're just asking those who have made a decision. That's okay. Um, what about, uh, do the commands of Jesus hold authority in your life? Or maybe should they? Yes. Okay. Last question. Are you sure? You're sure. Okay. Then. Please turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 13, and we'll begin at verse 34 and 35, short reading. So if you are able, I would ask you or invite you to stand in honor of the Gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Remember your questions. Remember your answers. All right, here we go. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you have rock and roll music for worship. No, wait. What does it say there? By this, they will know that you are my disciples. If you play only hymns on piano and organ. No, wait. What translation is this? By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you allow lattes in the sanctuary. Wait, that that must have been the Starbucks translation. Uh, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you have a rule that says no one can bring anything liquid into the sanctuary. No. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. What does it say? Mine seems to be broken. If you love one another. That's the way. Let's pray. Jesus, we hear your command. To be honest, this type of command shakes us to the core, so help us. Help us to trust that you know our story that you know the journey we've been on and that you are kind and you are good and you love us enough to not leave us trapped right there, but you always call us forward. Help us to receive this as gospel, as good news for Cross Community Church of the Nazarene today. For we ask this in your name and everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. All right, how many of you have ever had to go to the doctor and wait in the waiting room? Been there? Yep. Many of us have done that. I don't know about you. I tend to go in once it's gotten bad enough, once Lori has kicked me out for snoring or, or sometimes made the appointment for me. 
Um, and you go and you show up and you check in and you do the thing and, you know, you see all the people and you sit down. But when we go into the waiting room, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm kind of like these people. You just kind of look at a magazine, you look at your phone, you just wallow in the misery of a fever or a cold or whatever you have. But I don't talk to anybody, Right. I mean, it's just kind of awkward to talk to people who are sick, they're sick. You don't want to catch what they have. You don't want to give them what you have. It's just a place where you go and you sit and you sit and you wait for your name to be called. How many of you have been there? Is that you? Is that you? Does that describe you? Yeah, that's that's the way I am in, in waiting rooms. You're just waiting for your name to be called. Don't talk to me. Don't look to, look at anybody. Just just be there and wait for your name to be called. Unfortunately, for many of us, we have this same waiting room mentality when it comes to the church. We have this idea that Jesus has made an appointment for us. At some point in time, He will call us home. And in the meantime, I've just got to wait in the waiting room here, face forward in my comfy pew. Don't look at anybody. Just sit there and wait for your name to be called. Unfortunately, one of the biggest barriers to evangelism, aside from just the fear of going and actually talking with someone about what Jesus is really doing in your life, is the waiting room mentality. Because nobody, and I mean nobody, wants to join you in a place where even you don't want to know the people that are around. I mean, this is just truth, right? I mean, it reminds me of this commercial that I saw not too long ago. And I thought, this is the waiting room mentality. It's kind of funny. I, it, I really chuckle at this commercial about every time I see it. See, see if, you, if you catch what I mean. Let's, let's watch this commercial together. Oh, this is awful. Try it. Oh, no, that looks gross. What is that? you got to try it. It's terrible. I don't want to try it. It's terrible. It's like mango chutney and burnt hair. No, thank you. I have a very sensitive palate. Just try it. Guys, I think we should hurry up. If you taste something bad, you want someone else to try it. It's what you do. I can't get the taste out of my mouth. If you want to save 15% or more on car insurance, you switch to Geico. It's what you do. Shh. Dog, 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 All right, this... <laughs> I'm in no way sponsoring Geico commercials or Geico insurance. But you get what I mean. It's kind of like, you know, when we have that waiting room mentality, when we have that mentality of even I don't really want to interact a whole lot with the people that I'm in the waiting room with, the church with, when you go out and you say, hey, come to church with me, it's more like, hey, this is awful. This tastes like mango and chutney and burnt hair. You should try it. Come with me. It doesn't work that way. There is something in this next small step that we have that, it, that, that Jesus says in this command that our call is to learn to love the church, to learn to love those around us. And so I want us to begin to look at this just a little bit so that we can see here at Cross Community Church, wherever this takes place, that we can kind of have Christ break through the waiting room mentality that some of us can get really stuck and trapped in. And so I want us first to look that, that, first of all, this is a command of Jesus. He, he says, a new commandment I give to you. So, so this means that this is not a, just a suggestion. 
Do this on the days you feel like it. Do this when the people at the church are nice to you. You can be nice to them. No, this is a commandment. This is something that Jesus says, I, I, want you to, I want you to follow this. This is so important. I'm telling you, this is a new commandment and I'm giving it to you. This is not a suggestion. This is something so very vital in who you are and who I'm going to call you to be out in the world. This is important. Follow this commandment. Now, I want you to know that he says, I am giving it to you. The Bible doesn't say a new command I am decreeing unto you. It doesn't say this is a commandment that I am legislating to you. It says this is a commandment that I am giving to you. Now, the word that is, is used there is the word, Greek word didomai. Let's just say didomai together. Ready? One, two, three. It's fun. It sounds like a Pokemon character, doesn't it? Didomai. This is a little bit different than a decree or a legislation. Didomai, to give, means to give, but it is giving as a gift. Uh, we just came through Christmas and somebody didomied something to you. They gave you a gift. And so it's important that we hear this. Yes, it's a command. Yes, it is something that is not optional if you follow Christ. It is something that we are called to do. And, and Christ says, this is important. Do this. But I'm giving it to you. This is a gift to you. We don't often equate commands as gifts. But Jesus wants his disciples to know this is a new command. This is not a request. This is imperative. But it is a gift. It's a gift to you. You need to see it this way. I, I was reminded of something along these lines um, by a movie recently. I had not seen it. It's about seven years old. Uh, but I, I came across a clip and I, I said, you know, I want to watch that movie. So this week I, I found the video and I watched the video. That's so old. I found the digital download and uh, I watched it. And it was a great, uh, how many of you have seen The Blind Side? And the blind side is a true story about a Christian family that the, the Tuies, and they take in someone that they saw on the side of the road. Uh, they knew them from school. They had come big man, uh, different, uh, different ethnicity. He was African American. He was huge. This was in the South. And, uh, and they saw him. Big Mike was his name. That's right. Mike Orr. And, and they saw him walking. It was cold. And Mrs. Tui just felt a tug at her heart and said, i got to go back. And, and she always describes it from that day until this day as it just felt like God was saying, this is the right thing to do. She didn't think about all the struggles. She didn't think about what family and friends would say. In fact, we're going to see that this was something for her that was so radically different. So we're going to jump into the middle of this movie in this clip where we see that she is having a meal with all of her old college friends. And they're eating in a fancy restaurant because all of them are well-to-do. And she begins to talk. They began to talk about Big Mike, about Mike Orr and what was going on. So let's look at this clip. Let's jump right in here. A discount at Taco Bell. Because if he does, Sean's going to lose a few stores. <laughs> He's a good kid. Well, I'd say you make it official and just adopt him. <laughs> uh, he's going to be 18 in a few months. Doesn't really make much sense to legally adopt. Leanne, 
Is this some sort of white guilt thing? What will your daddy say? Um, before or after he turns over in his grave. Daddy's been gone five years, Elaine. Make matters worse, you were at the funeral. Remember? You wore Chanel in that awful black hat. Look, here's the deal. I don't need y'all to approve my choices, all right? But I do ask that you respect them. You have no idea of what this boy's been through, and if this is going to become some running diatribe, I can find an overpriced salad a lot closer to home. Leanne, I'm so sorry. We didn't intend to... We didn't, really. I think what you're doing is so great. To open up your home to him and... Honey, you're changing that boy's life. No. He's changing my... In some way, that family was loving someone else. Following the command of Jesus... This was a command. This is the right thing to do. Turn the car around and let him in. And everybody sees it as you're changing his life. And she gets the fact that this command is a gift. No. He's changing our life. It's a gift to us in the midst of this. Now, of course, were they helping out Big Mike? Big Mike goes on to, to play college ball at Mississippi. And Big Mike goes on to play uh, football for the the hated Baltimore Ravens and even wins a Super Bowl with them. Yes, they changed his life, but they realized the gift in the commandment. Love one another. It is a gift. Yes, it's a command, but it is also a gift. So let's look at just briefly at the gift. I want you to see that that the word love there uh, is the word agapao. Let's say that together. Ready? One, two, three. Agapao. It's a great word, and of course, the noun version of this is the word agape that we're very familiar with, but this is a verb form, agapao, to love. Love one another. And I want you to understand that the theological dictionary of New Testament words helps us to understand that this agapao and the way that it is worded, the way that it is used, that Jesus uses it, says that this is a devotion toward the other for their sake. This isn't I'm feeling something on the inside toward them. I'm attracted to them. They have something that can help me out. It is simply for their sake. This is going to happen. This love is going to go towards them for their sake and their sake alone. And we're going to see them and receive them as brothers and sisters and letting them come into their own. We're going to see them as human beings. We're going to see them in that moment and we're going to express this love for their sake that they're our brother or they're our sister and we're going to let them come into their own. We're going to let them grow into the knowledge of God. We're going to let them grow just as they are. We're going to let the Holy Spirit do the work. We're going to we're going to see this happen. Jesus says this is the kind of love that you should have toward one another. It says Agapao really realizes that everyone is on a journey. That's what she said in that clip. You have no idea what this kid has been through. You you watch the movie, you'll find out some of what he's been through. 
But the same is true of every single person sitting in these seats. Everybody is on a journey. Everybody. And we believe as good Wesleyans that God is right now, whether you've made an an appointment with Jesus, if you've said yes to Jesus, God's Holy Spirit right now is trying to entice you to understand how deeply God loves you. You are on that journey right now, whether you recognize it or not. And we believe that in this church. We believe God wants you to understand his love. You are on a journey. And Agapao says that I'm going to love you. I'm going to participate with what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. And I'm going to recognize that you're on a journey. And your journey might be different than my journey. Your story might be different than my story. And I'm going to let your story be your story. I'm not going to force you to come into my story and live up to my standards and live up to the way I want it you to be. Oh. Now I'm preaching. This is important. And I'm not talking about the folks outside. I'm talking right here. This is love one another. And part of some, sometimes what keeps that waiting room mentality at the forefront is that we don't follow this command. Or this is one we conveniently let go of. But Jesus says no. No. For the sake of that other person, love them as a brother and a sister and let them come into their own. They're my responsibility, not yours. Let go of your expectations and love them. This is what agapao means for us as brothers and sisters today. Jesus gives us truly the gift of agapao, the gift of learning to accept someone. And not just really quickly reject them because they don't meet my standards. They don't meet my expectations. I'm afraid of them. Whatever it may be. He says, no, there's a gift in in learning to come into this. There is a, oh, you're going to change their life. No, they're going to change my life. It is a gift of uncentering ourselves from the center of the universe. That's what I mean by that. It's, it's allowing that person and what, whoever they are, my brother, my sister, to love them means that I have to take myself out of the center. I can't be the center of the universe. I have to step back and include them and see what God does to grow something in me. It is the gift of growing in our faith. To love the person who may be sitting right in front of you, right next to you, or somewhere in the back of the sanctuary. It is a gift to learn how to love, to let God teach you how to agapao someone as a brother or a sister for their sake. This is important. In fact... The theological dictionary of the New Testament words goes on to say, Agape is a sign and proof of faith. Without love for others, other believers, there is no relationship with God. I mean, John believed this foundationally. If you were to turn to 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, there he would write, I learned this a long time ago, uh, when all we had was the King James Version. It says, Beloved, Let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loveth is born of God and knoweth God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Do you see how important this is? This should shake us because some of us believe that we are Christians just because we believe in like the Apostles' Creed or something. But Jesus said, you want to be my follower Here's the command. 
agapao one another. And it's by that that other people will know that you're my disciples. That you agapao one another. You let one another be on the journey that you are on. And you journey together. You let go of your expectations. You take yourself out of the center of the universe and you say, come brother, come sister, we're going to grow together. We're going to have to figure this out. It's going to be hard, but Jesus is with us and we can do this. And when you see this take place, wow, what can happen? So I ask you today, brother and sister, is this your step? How long has it been since you talked to somebody in the sanctuary? Now, I always, I always get, what if the person has abused you? Or what if someone hurt you or wounded you? I understand those things. Please don't hear me saying, go back and just take more abuse. But Agapao says, i got to let go of the bitterness that's keeping us divided. And I may not feel exactly safe right now. But I want God to to remove whatever's there so that I have the opportunity to at least begin to say, well, at least I don't wish them harm. Maybe that's where you start. Maybe that's your small step. But for some of you, there's, there's just a grudge. And the truth of the matter is, if you were really honest with God today, you would, you would have to say, it's because I've let myself be at the center of the universe and that person didn't meet up to my standard. And so I've, I've put a wall and I just, I just, I'm in the waiting room. I love Jesus. I love a few people around, but I'm just waiting for Jesus to call me home for my appointment. Brothers and sisters, we will not be a church that takes the one small step. We will not be a church that accomplishes our mission of making followers of Jesus until we understand the commandment and the gift within the commandment to agapao one another, to love one another. Maybe today your small step is saying, oh wow, this is me. Oh God, help me to not be the center of the universe and let you do that. Let me step aside. Let me begin to try. Maybe for some of you it's to go and to apologize. Maybe for some of you the one small step is to go and receive forgiveness. What is the one small step for you? How many of you watched this game this week? This is Dabo Sweeney. He's the coach of the Clemson Tigers. After they absolutely destroyed the Red Tide. I still don't know why a school would have as their mascot a poisonous algae bloom. Uh, but evidently Tigers are a natural algicide. I mean, it was a destruction. No doubt. But at the end, they were interviewing Coach Sweeney. And Coach was joyous, of course. And they asked him about joy. said, talk about joy. And he said, well, I believe at the bottom of my heart that joy comes when you focus first on Jesus and then on others and lastly on yourself. That's true joy. But that's not what I wanted to say to you today. 
Because I think if we catch hold of agapao, uh, we let God uncenter us out of the center of the universe, and we begin to meet one another as brothers and sisters and realize you're on your journey, I'm on my journey, let's journey together, we're going to figure this out, it's going to be difficult, but Jesus is going to help us. I believe that what he said next is really going to take root for us. And I can't wait for that day as your pastor or coach or whatever you want to call me. But he said, when you get a young group of people. Now, you may not feel like you fit in the young. That's okay. Old people too. When you get a a young group of people that believe, are passionate, they love each other, they sacrifice, they're committed to a singleness of purpose, you better look out. Because great things can happen. And I believe that for Cross Community Church. When we, as a group of people, young and old, Believe in agapao, in what Jesus calls. When we receive the gift of this commandment and we get passionate about it, when we love one another and we sacrifice and we're committed to a singleness of purpose that we want to call people to follow Jesus. That's what making discipleship is all about. And we're committed to that. Watch out. Great things can happen. And I can't wait for that day. I want to bring this quote up two years from now. And just celebrate. And say, this is what God has done in us. But it starts by saying today, are you going to take the one small step that says, Holy Spirit, come and break the waiting room mentality in me. I don't want to just wait around until you call my name. But I want to hear your voice say on that day, well done. Good and faithful servant. A servant does what? They serve. They don't just sit. They serve. That's our call. Is that your one small step today? Well, let's prepare. And I used a, the old Greek word. You know, we call this, some of you call it the Lord's Supper, some of you call it communion. But I wanted to use the old Greek word for what we're about to do. And that word is the word Eucharist. Eucharist comes from the Greek word eucharisteo, which means to give thanks. We've been given a commandment, yes, but it is a gift. And what do you say when you receive a gift? Thank you. Say thank you. And so today, as we come to the table of the Lord, as brothers and sisters on a journey, with each our own story, today I want to invite us to this table. It's not my table. It's not our church's table. It's not our denomination's table. It's the table of Jesus And he modeled agapao so well. I mean, look at his disciples. One of them was a zealot. One of them was a tax collector. Few of them were fishermen. He agapao. He let them come. And he let them be who they are on their own journey. And he shaped something in them that changed the world. So today, I want you to know that even if this is your first time here, you're saying, I, I'm, I'm interested in that agapao. Well, we as a church believe that it's found in Jesus. That He modeled it perfectly. And we believe that He would invite you if you're hungry 
to come and receive. So if you're new here, don't don't hesitate. Come. Receive bread and cup. All you do is say thanks. That's Eucharist. (laughs) Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me and knowing I'm on a journey.